So both Mashun and I just got recently boosted up. We yeah. got our third booster shot down. COVID, don't even try coming near us because you can't fight us. How long did it take you to get yours? What do you mean? Like, how long did you have to wait? It took me like two weeks to get a good appointment. That's crazy. It took me like two days. <laughs> well, think about where you're where you're living. Listen, why is it that when I walked into Walgreens, there was nobody there? Like, nobody's interested in getting boosted. I don't want to hear nothing from you because you're from Florida, so that's expected. When how I many cases does New Walgreens, York have right now? Tell me. I'll look it up right it. now. When I walked into Walgreens, I had to wait like an hour because there was people waiting. The pharmacy was crowded up. Thank God mm. I quit CVS right before COVID hit. Oh, yeah. None of that pharmacy work. That would have been I actually silly. gave my gave my public apology to the worker at Walgreens. I said, I'm so sorry that you're going through this. Hope it gets better. But I know for a fact it's not getting better. Yeah. But anyways, I was knocked out from the booster shot. Mashun has not felt it yet, but it's going to hit him probably <laughs> Thank soon. Thank you so much. <laughs> but wanted to update you guys i did have my first pop-up shop the other day and i must say i was not expecting that like i doubt myself a lot so i wasn't expecting anyone to come and i wasn't expecting anyone to buy anything from me but literally people from all over new york came to buy my stuff there were people there were people buying my stuff before the pop-up shop even opened like when we were setting up and I had like four customers already before it even opened. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy. Yeah. And this is such a shocker to me because when I had my first tabling event three years ago, no one bought any of my art. And that was just so traumatizing and very discouraging for me. So it's really crazy that people actually came to buy stuff for me all over New York. And I was able to meet so many people and supporters. So yeah, I don't want to talk too much about that, but it was really nice. You were too busy you you couldn't even text me back you were too busy yeah. popping those orders out i had to text your friend i gotta text man literally dm my best friend to get my status i needed to know also difficult to hit 900 followers i know last week mm-hmm. we said we hit 600 almost so i know we hit 900 now that's 300 that? plus that's crazy we did we oh, did shit. We blessings pr- we'll, on blessings. We'll probably get we'll probably get a thousand before in the end of the year, right? Inshallah. Inshallah. That was our goal and I doubted it. Yeah, you did. Now look at us on top of the world. Welcome back to Difficult Dish, a podcast about different South Asian narratives. I am Mahua. And I am Mashun. So this week's episode is really, really exciting. So our first spotlight episode <laughs> is on the one and only Mashnu uh-huh. Munir. And he's coming out with his very first poetry book I tomorrow. Am. If you're listening to this on Friday, December 24th, he actually came out with it yesterday on the 23rd. So please mm-hmm. get it for your Christmas gifts or just to read it for fun. He's been working on it for over a year now when we first started talking. And it's crazy how far he has come with it. So I am so excited to talk to you guys about this. I'm going to be interviewing him. I'm going to let him talk, let him take the floor. But I know he's excited, so go ahead. Talk about it. Yeah, I mean, hi. Um, my my name is Mashun. You guys may or not, may, I don't know, may, or may not know me. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a co-host of this podcast, and uh, I've been... Back. I've been... <laughs> I've been writing a book for almost two years well it's kind of been like on and off i have like pieces in this book that i've kept since i was like 16 17 years old so it's been like six years you know kind of like on and off um but yeah i mean i i wrote a book and it's you wrote a book it's crazy i'm about to be a i mean by the time you listen to this i'm a published author fun fact i'm actually the first bengali man from florida to really? have a published poetry book. How do you know that? I am. How well, do you get that Okay, statistic? this may or may not be true. I just did as much research as I can to find somebody. There was one person that I found that, like, is from Bangladesh and lived in Bangladesh till he was, like, 18, then moved to Florida and published one. But I'm not counting that because I'm, like, mm-hmm. from Florida. Like, he's from Bangladesh. I'm, right. I'm from Florida. Um. So, yeah, I'm, I'm uh. You know, to my knowledge, I'm the first Bengali man from Florida with a poetry book. 
and it's a it's a big like life milestone for me i've always wanted to write a book i never thought that i would write a book i remember when you and i like first met i was like teetering with the idea i was like because so so the idea came when quarantine first hit and you know i was at home a lot and i was spending a lot of time on my time with my mom and like anybody who who like comes from like a brown household or i'm sure like any sort of like ethnic cultural household um you have like a bunch of shit on your walls like you have a bunch of paintings you have a bunch of photos and scriptures that like you just never look at because just like oh it's always been there like whatever i'm not gonna look at it but like over a lot like when when uh covid first hit and i was at home all the time i spent so much time like looking at all this shit on the walls and like i would be why are you smiling so much <laughs> it just makes me so happy to like see you be successful and do what you want to do come on. like you're so passionate about it come on so happy. i haven't even gotten to the, the the meat and juices of it i know that's crazy this is just the beginning um but yeah so you know i was i i was getting more tapped into my culture and my just like my lineage and learning more about like my mother's family and like my grandmother's like parents and all these things that like i never really gave the time of day so and like i knew that if i i have the blessing of working from home like i i, I work on my laptop all day i didn't lose my job during covid and i knew so many people that did you know and i in the, at that time, I was feeling so, like, blessed and grateful for having a job. And I knew, especially for, like, my family in Bangladesh, I knew that if things were hard for us in America, I can't even imagine what things are like in Bangladesh when it's so hard to, like, control a group of people, like, to stay home. Especially, like, where they don't have, like, the tech jobs that, like, America has. So, like, they're not going to stay inside. Like, their government is not going to give them unemployment checks to stay inside to maintain COVID. That's not happening over there. So, you know, in the beginning of COVID, I, I wanted to, like, do something for my family in Bangladesh. And, you know, I can uh, I was going to send the money regardless, and I did send the money regardless. But I wanted to do something, like, kind of, like, a little bit more than just, like, send them, like, 100, 200 bucks, whatever the case may be. So my plan was to just, like, put together, like, 12 poems, sell, like, 30 of them, raise a couple hundred dollars, and just give it to my family in Bangladesh to, like, help them out during COVID. And that was, like, where my head was at first. And, you know, I was writing the poems, and I wrote some of the best poetry I've ever written. And, like, you know, I started writing, and then, like, I I wrote more than, like, the eight that I wanted to do, you know? Once I hit the eight, and I was like, I want to keep writing. So I was like, you know what, let me make this, like, 12. And then I was like, let me make this 15. And then, like, the more I started writing, the more I enjoyed, like, the con- this new era of content that I was making. Um... And I was like, you know what? I kind of want to make this something a little bit bigger than just like, you know, something I give to like my, my family. I was like, let me try to like make a book and like make this like, you know, I could throw a couple copies in like the different coffee shops in Orlando. Cause like I, I'm cool in the coffee community. I know they'd be cool with me leaving my books there. Uh, my friend owns a t-shirt, a t-shirt shop. I was like, let me leave some over there. Let me get, let me just like have this for like myself. Cause like I always want to write a book. And I kept writing and, you know, I'll fast forward a little bit, but you know, I, I just kept writing and I kept getting better at it. And then I would just like spend time just reading my own shit. And I was just really realizing like, I'm really like, I'm really like a wizard like with my pen. You're crazy with it. Like I'm really a wizard, you know? And I was like, it got to a point where I was like, I, I want to make this like a thing. Like, I want to sell this book. I want to publish this book. I want to get my own ISBN for it. I want to get the material copyrighted for it. And I want to try, I want to become an author now. You know, I want to, mm-hmm. you know, when people ask me like, what do you do? I want the first thing to be like, I'm an author, you know, and then, I, and then after right. that, like, I'll talk about the other stuff that I do. But like, at first, like, I'm, I'm an author and, um, that that's kind of where we're at right now and i'll talk a little bit more about it but but yeah it's crazy because like when i first met Vishnu and he was just on the brink of writing i think it was just a dream but he hasn't really started writing for a book yet so it's, it's so wild to like be on this crazy journey with him and just you know be with him as he goes through like all of the doubts and all of the horrible parts of it and I'm just like so proud. <laughs> Thank you. And, I mean, and it's also and also like when you used to um, actively post on your old um, poetry page, your poetry back then was so different. 
And it was good, but it was very, like, surface level. Mm. It was about, like, like partying. It was about all girls. Right, right. It was let just me, about, like... Let me, let me, let me t- just take y'all back a little bit for a little bit. You know, when I first started writing it, in high school, I was just writing about, like, the sweet shit, like, the rain and the sun and, and young love and f- flowers and, and shit like that. And I never wanted to write about that stuff. But it's kind of like I didn't have the capacity to write about anything deeper than that because I was just like so self-conscious and so traumatized by every by everything that was like going on in my life at home and in my community at that time. And I just didn't have like the internal capacity to to write about anything else. So I just wrote about like the sweet shit for like a lo- like a long time. And then when I, you know, I, when I turned like 18, 19, like I started identifying more as like a Muslim and, you know, I started writing more poems about being Muslim and, and I really enjoyed that, but I still kind of had trouble with it. I wasn't like super like confident in my ability. And when I turned 21, I started going to bars. I started like doing like all this dumb stuff and, you know, I, I got back into just like the fast life and I was writing about like partying and about girls and about like all this stuff and you know i i kept hitting these different like like subcategories of like writing and i knew that i wanted to always get to the space that i'm in right now but i had no idea about how i was gonna get there because i was just going down all of these various different paths of of like my writing career so, you know, when I first met you and I had like that poetry page, I had so many poems just about like, I don't know, bro. I had like the weirdest shit on there. <laughs> Not weird, but I had like stuff that I look back and I'm like, what the hell that was I, what the hell was I writing? And I was writing some dumb shit. It was just like so absent of, of depth. It like didn't have anything to it. And like, that's why I literally archived everything. I was like, I don't want to look at this anymore. I Can we get a little is. spoken word of your, of an old poem? <laughs> Um, you know what? Let me let me pull something up real quick. Hey yo, we're getting exclusive. Never before seen. All right, I got one. This is so bad. Oh my god, I didn't even realize this poem is called Headspun. I didn't even realize this. Is it? I just opened wow. a random one. This it's poem the beginning. Goes, I don't tamper with the natural flowers in the meadow. You thought I was kidding. Like, this is literally oh, what wow. I was writing about. Oh, I don't oh, tamper. Wow. I said, I don't tamper with the natural flowers <laughs> in the meadow. What does that mean? These flowers are meant to be left untouched. What does that mean? Listen, I, what wish, does that mean? I wish I could explain. But ju- that's just to give y'all... A, a little bit of background about the type of shit that like I was writing about when I first met you. So like you've seen, but honestly, my... that takes a lot of courage to even write poetry like that because it is so unheard of for brown men to be vulnerable and just express themselves through art. So, so fuck... like kudos to you. On, like we're making fun of you, but like kudos to you for even putting that onto paper and publishing it and like making it public. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. So. I took the liberty of making this official All right. and write down automatic, not automatic, write down <laughs> interview <laughs> questions that I would ask you if I were an interviewer. So Mashun has not seen any of these questions. Aww. I'm just really proud of him and I want you guys to see more of an insight of his brain and his whole thought process behind this. And also when he comes, we're going to be celebrating because he's coming to New York soon. Mm. We're going to be celebrating. Mm. The party continues. This man has been working on this book for a year and a half plus. So he deserves this. Okay. So the first book of your name. What? Wait, that's (laughs) me. What the hell did you (laughs) just say to me? (laughs) All right. Let's just start again. Start over. So the first, the the name of your first book. Sorry, I just mismatched the words a little bit. It's called Headspun, right? Right. It's after your first favorite alcohol. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not. I I wrote it down and I was so confident. It's after your um, favorite alcoholic drink from the Robinson. Yes. Why is your book called Headspun mm. after an alcoholic drink? Considering there's so many Islamic themes throughout your book, and it's kind of contradictory. It's a fantastic question. And, like, I feel like this is something that 
I might kind of like post about when I like post about my book because I feel like this this kind of needs to be said because um, it's true, you know. Um, it's so true. You were so proud. You like post on your story. Yeah, Robinson, like this book is after I think you. I think I just expected people to understand my reasoning behind it. You know, you know, another thing about Mashoon is that he's a very complex person and you actually get upset when people don't understand your thought process. But it's because honestly, no one normal can really just get into your brain like that because you just have like a very out of this world type of like thought process. So, yeah, I feel like something like this is something you have to explain. I I have never said like before I even begin like I have never said and I will never say that I am the model like Muslim I'm not the model Muslim man I have done a lot of wrong I have gone against the word of this religion a lot in my life and I still do right but I still I still identify as a very deep devout Muslim but I never encourage people to follow my way, follow my path, follow my journey. I'm just here to explain what my life was like, you know? And on top of that, kind of adding on to what I said, what I was talking about earlier with my whole poetry journey. The reason that I gained the confidence um, in my ability to finish this book was because I found a particular voice that I can speak from. And that voice is something that I know a lot of people, whether they're listening to this right now, or whether I'm going to find them in the future, I know that there are so many young boys between the ages of 16 to 23 who come from a community, an environment that they were not meant to be placed in. And they live in a household that is incredibly toxic and broken, but they're still pushed like these ideas of of Islam and religion are still heavily pushed on them and they be they want to become more devout they want to become more faithful and more hopeful in in God in in Islam but they are just so caught up in their environment in their community messing around with the wrong people getting involved into the wrong thing you know i have this like one line where i said like life at home was a hurricane and i sought shelter outside you know, and that's how I felt. And I feel like that's how a lot of a lot of kids like me feel. I didn't know too many growing up, but I know that they're out there. Right. So I gained the confidence to to finish this book was because I found this voice and I found how good I was at speaking about it. This this voice of, of like the kid who, who comes from very little. So. So, yeah. So once I ran, once I found this voice, I, I started to run with it. And, and like, I'm just here to tell the story about like my life and my life is when i was when i first turned 21 when i first started like going outside i first you know people started checking my id and they saw that i was 21 years old i don't got running out running around with no fake id fake id no more i was so proud to show my id i started going to all these bars right and i was working at a coffee shop back then and everybody was older than me and everybody always went to the bars. And I was like, I can't wait till I turn 21 because I can finally go with y'all. There was like a brewery next door that they all went to after work. And I could never get a beer <laughs> because I was not 21. <laughs> so this this goes back to the whole like environment thing, you know, and like life wasn't super great at home. So like the only hope I had was everything that was going on outside. So when like I'm when I'm just surrounded by people who are just like, yo, Mashin, you gotta turn twenty one. Mashin can't wait for you to turn twenty one. Mashin, when you turn twenty one, I'm gonna buy your first beer, blah, blah blah. This is what I heard every single day in my life. And like like this is what I surrounded myself with because I didn't like being at home. So fast forward a little bit, I turn twenty one, I go to this I start going to like this cocktail room every single day, named the Robinson. They had a happy hour between five to seven. I would get there around 6 p.m. I would order this one drink. They had a happy hour menu. It had four drinks on it. I didn't like the three other drinks. One of the drinks was called the Head Spun. It was a $6 drink, a $6 cocktail at a beautiful cocktail room. I don't want to talk too much about like, like alcoholic beverages, but like this and like I used to go to this bar all the time with my journal and write every single day. Like all these poems that you see on like my poetry account. 
the all I like literally ninety percent of those poems were written at the Robinson. I was editing those photos at the Robinson. Like I would write them down in my journal. A lot of the spoken word poetry that I wrote back then um, were all written at the Robinson, and it's really a place that I I just I I realized that I love writing. You know, and it's not unfortunate, but like the way that it worked out was that you know. The lounge was involved. The alcoholic beverage was was involved, and it's just like a place where I I really found my writing, you know. And again, going back to what you said, I'm not here to promote it. Like this is just this is my story, you know. And and I I chose to name the book that involves a lot of Islam and a lot of religion and God after an alcoholic beverage because this is the life that a lot of boys like me live. Boys who want to become closer to God, but it's not that, like, that path is not that easy as of an answer. Like, it's not that sweet for them. And this is to kind of exemplify this certain life that I've lived. Yeah, I feel like this is very common for people our age in your early adult years where you're kind of confused and you experience a lot of bad, so you don't know what to turn to and you know, you turn to other bad things because that subsides your pain a little bit better. So I completely understand. And also when I went to the Robinson, when you took me in Orlando, like it was such a nice vibe. It was so nice. I loved it. It was nice. And and like when we went, there were a lot of people there. And like when I was going at that time, it was empty. So imagine like mm-hmm. that place. It's just you. It's just good music. And like, again, I'm not trying to like sens- sensationalize this whole thing because I, I don't want to promote this sort of lifestyle. That's not, like, at the end of the day, I'm not here to tell you, like, this is what you should do. I'm just talking about me, right? No, but honestly, like, I can completely relate. I've also had that fast life, that bad life, and I've gotten this far because of it. Like, you need to experience the bad to experience the good. I know I'm never going to get back to that. And I know that that part of my life is what makes me me. So it's it's really such a big part of your life, even if it is not the best you know yeah all right so i have another question for you Hit so me. i'm gonna also include some questions from our followers you know, right. as we always do sure so my question is you insisted that you want to write this book and illustrate this book all on your own what made you go the independent mm. route so this man like has been preaching to me the past month few months past few days especially I don't need help from no one. Mm. I'm going to do this myself. He's been yelling at me through the FaceTime, through everything. Like, he's about to get this tattooed on him. Mm. Tell him why. You know, I I don't think I've I've truly figured it out yet. Um, I don't know why. Like, I don't have the complete answer to why I'm so, like, ride or die solo. And why I'm so independent like this. I think, like, the simple answer that I'll go with is any complication that's ever really happened in my life, I've had to solve on my own. I didn't have somebody to help me throughout the process. You know, both me and you are very independent with our ways. Like, we refuse to accept any help from anyone, and we don't want to ask anyone for help. So, I really like that about us, but also at the end of the day, it can be very, like, you know, suffocating and bad. I think my reasoning behind it is because I just find, like, so much euphoria in, like, the pride of saying, like, this was me. Yeah. Like, I did that. Like, Self-made. I don't, I don't feel scared to ever ask somebody for help. It's just that I would so much rather tell myself that I did this myself. I didn't get no help from nobody. I didn't get no cosign from nobody. I'm not a, I'm not an illustrator. I am not an artist. <laughs> I can write. I cannot illustrate for shit, but I was so convinced on the fact that like I'm gonna fully illustrate this book. Like that's a part that and like I'm not I'm not advertising that as much in like my promotion of this book. But I've drawn every single thing in this book from the cover to the back cover to the design, the this format. This man stressed so badly on just the drawings alone, much more than his poetry. Like I remember you spending weeks and weeks on just the drawings trying to get it perfect and to your style and it took so long for you to perfect that because you were not confident with your skills 
And and I'm still not confident. And I know that I'm not a good illustrator. But I was so convinced on... This man even asked me to illustrate the cover for him. And I kept saying no because I wanted him to do it himself. But he was just getting to that point where he was kind of, you know, like fed up with not being good enough. But honestly, yeah. like if you look at the illustrations in his book, they're really good. Especially for someone that isn't experienced. And I don't know why you doubted yourself. Like they're really good. I think like just going back to your question, like... You know, when I was, when I turned into a freshman in high school, my sister became um, a freshman in college and she moved out. And so it was just me at home um, with my parents. And around that time for the next, for pretty much my whole high school career is when, you know, all the problems really rose into fruition in my family. Um, there were arguments every single day, every single night. There was so much bullshit going on at home, you know, and... I was always the mediator. I was always the host of like this game. And I was the one that like after I like laid the two of them to rest, it was like I didn't have anybody to take care of me, you know? Like I just finished taking care of my mother, like she's cool. I just finished taking my father, she, he's cool. And now it's like both of them are in their rooms, both of them are chilling, and now it's just like me like tormented with everything that I just did in like my own head and I just really had to get used. I I really had to understand that like it's just me. Like I'm not gonna have anybody here for me. Like it's really just me. And I think that's kind of where all of this began. It's I've always like throughout my whole life. I've always been like it's just me. Like sure there'll be people in my life, but at the end of the day, it's just me. Like it it's only me that can affect my like my own feelings. All of high school, like on my mother, I've not asked my my parents for money for at least any substantial amount of money for anything more than five dollars i haven't asked them probably since i was like 14 years old you know like i'm because like i knew that they didn't have it and i knew that i had to go get it by myself and i think just this whole process made me so committed on the idea of like i'm self-made like i'm gonna do this all by myself and and like as you guys know like nipsey hustle is one of my favorite artists humans in 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 life and he's somebody that always preached this lifestyle and i've really taken note of that and just like you know a lot of people that i grew up with like it's you you really have to like get it out of like the mud by yourself and i've always i've always ran with that i've never taken shortcuts i've never wanting to like pace anything up i have patience tattooed on me you know like i'm i'm here for the long run i'm here for like the work and the grittiness and i'm i'm so proud of myself to say that like i did everything regarding the book every Mm -hmm. single thing you know the the promotion like sending them out by myself everybody that i reached out to to get features like even the the font the font to this book is my handwriting like it's i i downloaded an app to get the get my handwriting like saved as a font and i used this font for the cover and for every single like character inside the book like literally everything is me even the periods even the periods even the apostrophes the commas the numbers like it's all me so i love that i love that i think both me and you are very similar in that aspect because we got this far doing everything by ourselves and we're gonna keep going further doing everything by ourselves yeah and i can't even say it's an older sibling syndrome because you're not the older sibling but it's something about us taking care of our families that makes us so independent. I think, like, it's not about, like, young or older. It's just, like, the two of us were put in the position to take care of them. Like, whatever happened in life, like, what happened in your life, you ended up having to be the one to take care of them, and your sibling left. And it's it's funny that, like, things were inverse for us, but they were, ended up being the same. Like, you're younger, I'm, or you're older, I'm younger, blah, like, blah, blah. So... Mm-hmm. It's just the way that, you know, life goes and you can either sit and cry or you can realize that like this is your life and you got to you got to maneuver through it. Yep. So I have another question. All right. So how are you, how are your poems separated in your book? How did each chapter in your life influence them? So I remember when Mashun was still living at home, he was actually very much in a creative rut where he wasn't able to write anything cuz he wasn't inspired. And he wasn't in the right mental space. And so when he did write, it was in the car 
literally parked in the driveway at nighttime because that was the only place where he found peace. So now that you're in your own apartment, I know that your whole creativity like went through the roof. So how has your poems evolved as you've evolved and moved on with life? I mean, I, I think what like I'm happy to say is like you can kind of see it. Like you can like while you're reading the book, you can see like you can tell which ones were written at home and which ones were in like in my own space. You know, the the poem kind of goes by like a, a three part story. The first part is all of the stupid stuff I was running around doing when I was like 16 to 19, you know, coming from like a lower income community, being surrounded by a lot of things like drugs and consistent like prostitution. And there there wasn't much violence around in my area, but I still hung around crowds that like willingly got themselves involved in violence, even though it wasn't like a a huge thing in my area but like you can see that in the beginning and you can see that like it's me wanting to become closer to faith and then part two kind of goes into like okay i'm steering a little a little bit away from like like the the like the block boy stuff and now like i'm doing like i'm getting a little bit more grown like I, i'm i'm riding around to different places i i turn 21 i start going to these clubs i start meeting these different people and like i start questioning just like my religion and my culture and my identity a little bit more because I get older and I start thinking about this type of stuff. And then the last part is is just purely just about like my family. You know, it's about the the longing of my mother and father. And you know, throughout the throughout this book I realized that you know, in this voice I I'm, I'm talking about three things. There are three topics that I touch on in this book and I realized that like for like the the continuation of my life like these are going to be the three things that I center my identity and my brand around those three things is is one it's it's like low income community politics like maneuvering through life from like a from a environment that like doesn't have much cuz you know life for me was different than like life from for a lot of kids from from the suburbs where like every house looks the same they got like my my neighborhood doesn't have a sidewalk you know my neighborhood doesn't have a gate it doesn't have any of this stuff anybody could walk into the neighborhood like at, like anything could happen in this neighborhood and the houses aren't pretty you know like there's not a single two story house in in my in my neighborhood and like there there's there are different ways to move around these types of neighborhoods that's one the second one is, is you know, it's faith. It's like having a longing for faith, wanting to become more devout in religion. And then the third one is is just like broken family ties, you know, being the backbone for your mother and father. My father, you know, separated himself from me when I was 18. And so I, I understand both sides. I understand life from a, a, a broken house and I understand life from like a single parent house, you know, and it's that's kind of how, how this book is breaking apart. And yeah, I feel like this book can really inspire so many brown males in the South Asian community because this their life probably has never been represented in this way. And I feel like brown girls are really represented much more in the community than brown men. And I think your book is an inspiration and you yourself is an, is an inspiration because, I don't know, I feel like broken homes and confusion with religion is rarely ever spoken about and it's really something that can just bring more of a voice to these people that that have never had representation and your words are very complex but I think that everyone can have their own meaning with it and even if I've never experienced your experiences your words have had such a big big um impact on me right you mean that? I mean that. It's okay. You don't gotta just say that. Hey, I don't. I don't lie. I think like the biggest distinction that I want to make with like my voice is like, you know, it, when we talk about brown guys, you 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 can either talk about brown guys that come from something or brown guys that come from nothing. You know, and I'm here to talk about the guys that like start from the bottom. There are a lot of a lot of like you know brown guys are like we'll get into this topic of like you know why brown guys are so made fun of like for like everybody like on TikTok on in conversation it's just like brown guys are you make fun of them and I get it because a lot of them are 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 stupid you know but it's like (laughs) I I come from a place where like I didn't have a lot of brown people around me so when I met you. And I met and I and like you start telling me like this is what the 
brown guy from New York City starter pack is. And I was like, this was all new to me because I didn't know any of this. You know, like the brown people that I grew up around, like we're are not like this, you know, so I'm here to represent like the brown guys that, that just that that don't come from anything, but have like a longing, you know, for more. And I feel like life for them is life is different than life from maybe a lot of the brown guys that you know, because, you know, a lot of the brown guys that I know, like move and operate the way that I do, you know, and I feel like a lot of the ones that you know, I, I don't understand a lot of them. And not even that you, you know, just like, Throughout, like, growing up, I've met, like, this other crowd, and, and I don't rock with, like, that. I rock with, like, the way that, like, I move. Does it make sense? New York City brown guys are all red flags. Yeah. That's why I'm dating someone from... Florida. Orlando, I mean, I, Florida. I am from New York City. You are from Orlando, Florida. I just, Anyways, I just my... want to I just want to make a quick interjection. Um, there There's this one author... <laughs> that he he is the number one best-selling author that is asian in the world and he followed me like a month ago i fangirled a little bit i yes, dm'd sir. him i dm'd him left me on red <laughs> he, le- he left Damn. me on red i i said the sweetest message i said well but i love you I don't know. wait let me dog. let me let me imitate your response to him and then me reacting as him go ahead all right all right yo um, I've had your book for so long. Um, you know, I just wanted to thank you for like the follow and like I'm actually writing a book and it would like really mean a lot for me to to know that like you read my words. So um is it cool if I could send you a copy? Um regardless, like I love you and, and you're the goat. One month later. <laughs> What's up, Broski? <laughs> <laughs> so Basically, he left me on red, and one month later, after literally today, he DM'd me back and was like, "Yo, my fault, blah blah." <laughs> and and we've been chopping it up, and we're still talking. This man has literally a crush on this man. I got a crush on this boy. I do. It's my boy. If you listen to this, I doubt you are, but if you are, you're my boy. He'll be a guest on our podcast one day. I'll convince him. Inshallah, one day. All right. You gotta right. like that. You got friggin'. Hit wonders all listen, the world and your listen, followers. Listen, we know who you are. We know who you are. <laughs> you are the biggest superstar on on this side of the Shut country. Shut the okay? hell up! When I were when I went to my papa shop the other day, Mashoon got me this superstar star <laughs> ring, and I made sure to wear it for good luck since he couldn't mm-hmm. attend this time. I did get you a superstar ring because you're a superstar. So I have two more questions for you. Someone someone asked, "How many cups of coffee did it take for you to write this book?" Listen, like don't I'm, lie to them. I'm don't not even. Tr- I'm not trying to be funny right now. You know, like this is like serious, Marshoon. Um, I have two to three cups of coffee every single day. <laughs> no, that's like actually a sickness. Like this is this is my routine. I wake up. I go to Craft and Common in downtown Orlando, Robinson. Let me Street. remind you guys. He has free coffee in his building, and he gets yeah. unlimited any form of coffee yeah. in his building. Yeah, like I was saying, every morning I go to Craft and Common, um, downtown Orlando, Robinson Street. Um, I go <laughs> and I get a cup of coffee. I sit down and I chug it. I drink it as quick as <laughs> I can. I chug it. I drink it as quick <laughs> as I can. I get a refill and then I leave with the refill. <laughs> no, but why do you chug it? So I, I can hurry up and get the refill. So and leave. yellow. Your pee is no. so yellow. You know, I had to start convincing this man to actually drink an adequate amount of water every single day. Are you sick? I drink more water than you. Are you sick? Are you, because you I drink water with, way more. You have water. water with you right now. No, because exactly. The you know who did, you know who table. does. If we had a video podcast, you, you would see that much. I got. You talk too much. Anyway, and I'm so, done talking. Thank you guys for listening to our <laughs> Shut up. My last and final question. So today's your last day of someone who hasn't had a book officially out yet. Hmm. How are you enjoying this day and celebrating before it all hits? Um, you know, honestly, I don't have anything like I I kind of had a moment like this earlier Um, when the sun was setting, you know, I shown up my when the sun was setting, I, I stepped on my balcony <laughs> and the sunset was so beautiful and like the sky was so clear and like the sky was like so orange and yellow and I was just like looking at the sunset and I was really thinking today. I was like, yo, where the hell am I? Like, let me take you back a year ago from today. 
I was sleeping on my sister's bed in my mom's house. You know, my that room was you remember it like you were you were there. I don't even have to. I don't like I'm not lying when I'm saying like the the room was dark 24 seven. I was in this room all day long. And if I wasn't in this room, I was sitting in my car just because I was so like, I don't know, I didn't have any motive to do anything. I just had thoughts and ideas but I didn't have like my own space to to do anything, and like my relationship with my mother wasn't the greatest. Like it, it wasn't that good, and like I I wasn't talking to my father, and like I talked to my sister as much as I could, and I wasn't super happy with my job. I wasn't doing good in school, you know. I I think I failed like maybe two classes last fall or something, and I and like it's like I fast forward. I'm like, where the hell am I? You know, like I I. My apartment oversees the highway that I that I used to drive on every single day to come downtown from my home. Like when I was living at home, I would come downtown every single morning for a coffee, every single night for a drink and throughout the day for the thrift stores and like just to be like, oh, I'm down I'm downtown. And now it's like my apartment oversees this highway. Like I look at this highway like I, I can look at it right now if I looked out the window and it's like. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm so quick to, to just dismiss all of the work that I've done. But that's so bad. You know, I, I was really trying to take a second and really trying to be like, like, yo, you, you're making like little you so proud. You know, I remember being a, being a high schooler and just like, I was failing every single one of my classes. I was like so scared to go home. I was so scared of of everything. You know, like my friends didn't like me. I hadn't talked to my sister in months. Like, and it's like I I've always wanted to write a book. And you know, like some of the few people that I still have to reach out to is like the few teachers that always had like some faith in me that I was gonna like become something. And I was just like thinking about all this stuff. And to answer your question, like this is what I'm gonna do tonight. I'm gonna reach out to my the two teachers that I have in mind um whether I'm they're on Facebook or like LinkedIn um gonna try to reach out to some other people um that I used to talk to back then um and I'm just gonna try to spend some time thinking about like what my life was like a few years back whether it's one year or two years or three years I'm so quick to just forget about all of that and just to move on you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm really good at just forgetting the past, but I want to spend some time tonight to just like dwell upon the past and, and really recognize where I am today. You know, I'm so proud of you. Thanks. I, I had my Snapchat memories come up from a year ago. And what was I doing? You were literally just in your room. I think this memory specifically, you were trying to match all your green clothing with the green furniture that you had behind you because your company (laughs) sent you green merch so that's what i have but you were literally in your sister's room and it was like dark it was past work hours definitely but you were still sitting on that work chair doing god knows what and you were still in that past life of yours and i remember you were not the happiest person back then so i am so proud of your growth thank you i am too you know this man has a book coming out tomorrow it's called heads fun i got a book coming out tomorrow um if you're listening to this it's it's out um if there's anybody listening right now um you know i i'm not saying buy my book but um if if you're someone who's like related to anything i said if you're a boy from you know the block that's 18 years old or 20 years old or 22 years old and you don't have like a lot of money in your bank account and and you know you you feel guilty for for drinking like every weekend and for partying and smoking and doing all this stuff you know like i i encourage you to like give my book a shot and if you've ever felt like the inability to explain to somebody and rationalize with somebody the way that you think and the way that like you maneuver through this lifestyle like I I suggest that you give my words a chance because like I'm here to speak for you, and you know I I get it because 
I I had zero dollars in my bank account for ninety five percent of my life. You know, like I've I've had to pay so many overdraft fees in my life, <laughs> and like you know, I I get it, and I'm I'm not like anywhere near where I want to be, but like I'm super proud to say that like I am a published author now. I do have a book out now. You feel me? How did your first interview feel? It was cool. Yeah, yeah. Like I got terms? I got interviewed with the Reclamation magazine. It was cool. I I read through it all the time. I literally have it open right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it was my cool. honor. So if you want to buy his book, search up um, Headspun Machinier on Amazon, and he's selling copies. Yeah, get it, get it quick, because this is just the beginning, and he's gonna be big one day. Yeah, and this is just the beginning. It is. And we are so grateful that you guys are literally listening to us at the cusp of our growth. <laughs> and I know 2022 is coming out soon. And we're, we're, we're going to be soaring. Listen, we're getting new microphones. <laughs> we're going to become more active on social media. We're going to get so much better at this. And, and it's crazy to think that, like, if you're still listening to at this point, like, you obviously love us. And we love you too. And we just want to say that, like, we're we're excited to showcase everything that the two of us are capable of doing next yeah, year. Yeah, we are very confident in our abilities, and we know that we're good at everything that we do. So, new things coming out soon. And before we end this episode, do you have a ten? Let's not say ten. Do you have a forty-five <laughs> second advice? How about you for go someone? F- you go no, first. No, you. This is your episode, sir. <sighs> Do you have something to say to someone that's trying to pursue poetry or a man that's trying to be vulnerable but is scared about the whole environment coming against them? I think like like listen, like you can you can try all you want to to be somebody that you're not. You know, you can you can live the rest of your life hiding everything, acting like you're not who you really are and that's you can do that right but it it catches it catches up to you you know like i i've spent so much of my life lying and so scared to be vulnerable and open and i'm still not you know like part of me is so scared to release this book because i know that this is the first time where people are going to know something about me like apart from the people that are close to me they don't know anything about me so I understand the fear or like just the denial of wanting to open up and wanting to be vulnerable. But, you know, that that guilt and that shame catches up on you. And when it catches up on you and it forces it to come out, it's not the best feeling because you don't have control over it. And I think like the biggest lesson that I've learned is like learn learn self-control. Learn what is good for you. Recognize what is good for you and and don't be scared of it, you know? If if you're scared of like your homies making fun of you, you got bad homies. You know, if you're scared of your parents making fun of you, that's a different story. You know, like the parents are a different thing. The parents just don't get it yet. And that's fine. But you have to understand that, you know, I said this in like two episodes ago where like, like hate and, and shame and, and these things are, it's just energy in the wrong place, you know? Like I, I saw a, a quote recently that was like, grief is is just love with no place to go, you know, and I feel like that relates to a lot of these like negative emotions where like it's just people not knowing how to go about something in a better way, you know, and and it's it sucks that we don't see it as that. But one of the biggest lessons that I've had to learn is like don't listen to like what other people say because like nobody knows you and even to this day like nobody knows me better than i do and nobody's ever gonna know me better than i do and i think just growing a strong intuition to where you don't listen to anything is is the is the most is that is the key component to how i've gotten to where i am today so long story short um <laughs> if you got if you got bad homies, get rid of them. If if your this parents don't get you, said nope, no forty five second <laughs> advice, forty five minutes. I'm done. 
I'm done talking. Do you have 45 second anything? Yeah, how about I'll make it shorter just to save the time for everyone. Wow. Yep. So my advice is, we'll talk about this later in our next episode, our last episode of the year. But what happens... Oh, wait. No, hold on. I started it off wrong. But (laughs) what is meant to happen will happen. So Mm. what I'm saying is that like, if you have goals and you're making manifestations and you're making all of these different vision boards for the year, you have to truly believe that it will happen. You have to be confident enough that it will happen. Mashun and I are very confident in our skills. We are very sure that what we will accomplish or what we want to accomplish will happen because we know of our capabilities. We're not going to just say like, oh, I hope this will happen one day. We know that it's going to happen one day. We know that it's written for us. So what I'm saying is that if you want something to come true, you have to really believe in it. You have to really believe in your ability and you really have to work hard towards it. We did not give up no matter what. We had a lot of circumstances against us, but we kept pushing. So what is meant to happen will happen. And that's all I got to say. It's all written down already. You know, Mm. half Mm. of it, half of it is the manifestation and the intuition. But the other half is, is the work. You know, you can't just say you're going to get something without working to get it. So, you know, if you feel like you've had a lazy 2021, like we're not, we're not, we're not doing any of that, any of that dumb stuff in 2022. We're working. We're Back. working next year. What What are some of our, what's one of our no, difficult dish goals? That. All right. No, we're not doing 10,000 followers <laughs> okay. on All difficult dish. Right. All right. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. I hope you liked the little spotlight session on Mushroom and Air. He really deserved it. Yeah, and I did. And there's going to be so many more spotlight sessions from now on. Yeah, we will. Please leave us a nice little rating on Apple Podcasts. Apple it Podcasts. is free. So if you're listening to this on Spotify, just go on podcast. It's, it comes with your iPhone and just write it down. Or even on your Mac. Podcast. You, you guys are Mac. getting all of this juicy information for free. <laughs> like literally give us a review. You yeah, owe, just you leave us a review. Us. And download on Spotify. And we love you guys. Thank you. We guys. love you guys. Follow us on Difficultish. We love you. Headspun we'll is out now. Week. Okay, bye. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye guys. <laughs>